0: I'm sure many of you have heard the phrase that a key to a productive day starts the night before. And if you haven't, now you have. The reason I love this so much is because it's so true. We place so much emphasis on our morning routines, you know, what we do for the first few hours of the day. But I don't know about you, if I've had a really bad night's sleep or I've been tossing and turning, feel like I've been awake the whole night, it really doesn't matter what I do that morning because I almost feel like I've started on the wrong foot. So today we're going to talk about eight tips on how to build an optimum night routine to really strengthen our sense of balance because I think that that's a little bit of a secret, a hidden gem, something that not a lot of us focus on or have thought about in detail that can really be the make or break when it comes to our balance. Deep Balancer I know you're a determined person on the lookout for ways to live a more fulfilling and balanced life, but you're busy. And if we're being honest, that busyness often comes at the expense of your priorities. The Balance Theory podcast is made to teach busy bees just like you how to find and own your own definition of balance so that you can become unapologetic in how you choose to spend your time. I'm your host, Erica, and together, let's find your unique balance. Hey Balancers and welcome to another episode of the Balance Theory Podcast. I'm your host Erica and again thank you so much for joining me for another week of balance. I just wanna say a special thank you. I saw a lot of new reviews come in over the week through Apple Podcasts specifically. So thank you so much to everybody who has taken the time to leave their thoughts there. It really is a massive helper in us reaching and broadening our community. So thank you so, so much. If you guys have been loving the content and you haven't had time to leave us a review or rating, you can just scroll to the bottom of all the episodes on Apple Podcasts. The function's also available on Spotify and you can just drop us your thoughts there with a rating as well. I read every single review, so I really appreciate the time taken to do so. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a subscribe and a like. Today we're gonna to talk about something that I feel is such a hidden gem when it comes to our sense of balance. How many of you have spent you know so much time trying to craft and perfect your morning routine? And I wanna ask how many of you who are doing that have done the same thing for a night routine. Now, the thing that's really interesting, and I don't know if you guys have the same approach. I mean, I consider myself to be a morning person. So when it came to thinking about a night routine, I was like, well, I don't need that because I'm a morning person. But the reality is, as you guys would have heard in the intro as well, for me, how I go to sleep is honestly sometimes how I wake up. If I've had a great night's sleep, it just supercharges you for the morning. So I sat down and kind of thought about, well, what are the things that I can do or that I do do that are most conducive to me having a great night's sleep? You guys have heard that saying that a productive day starts the night before, and I'm a really firm believer in this. So today I wanna talk about eight tips that I personally use to help me kind of craft a night routine. And the purpose of everything, every tip I give today is to get you in a state where you're relaxed and ready to rest. Anything that you do, that is trying to get you awake, trying to get you kind of revved up or excited or just anything heightened is really kind of like the antithesis to what you want before going to sleep. So whether you take up these specific eight tips or it prompts you to think about other things that you do that get you prepared and relaxed for sleep, I want you to just think about how you can start to map out a bit of a night routine. This doesn't have to be hours long either. It can just be like the 15 minutes before you go to bed. And the beauty of having a bit of a pattern or a routine is slowly, slowly, your body will start to recognize that as the behaviors or the activities or the patterns that you do before going to bed. And it's almost like after a little bit of time, it gets you just primed for sleeping. So your body knows that once it starts doing those string of activities, it's getting ready to go to bed. Again, you need to stick with habits for at least 66 days. I think the studies before it is an autonomous part of your day. But if you just choose and pay a little bit of attention to a nighttime routine, I guarantee you, you'll notice a difference in terms of you feeling ready to rest and how you're waking up energized the next day. This is also a really good idea for anybody who wakes up feeling tired constantly having really intentional activities or behaviors before you sleep that get you primed for rest is going to make a difference, I promise. So let's start with number one, trying to go to the same bedtime every single night. By doing this, you create repetition. Your body gets used to going to bed at that time. and You're basically just helping out your circadian rhythm, getting ready for bed. This also helps if you're waking up at the same time every day and I know most of us will probably have the same alarm that we put on every day. I mean I've got a 645 -er and a 650 every day so if we have the same kind of rule for going to bed that we're gonna you know you can kind of make it twofold. You can say I'm going to be in bed at 10 o'clock and then I want to be sleeping by 10 30 because not always it happens that quickly that you just fall asleep. So having that same approach to a bedtime I think is a The easiest, simplest thing that we can all do to get ourselves ready for bed. Number two would be to ritualize going to bed. So you probably have a really nice set of rituals that you do in the morning. You get up, wash your face, maybe brush your teeth, have a shower, put on your clothes, make a coffee, have some water, journal. You know, you have those rituals that get you energized, woken up and ready to start your day. So why don't we select some that can help us actually get ready for bed? And you can ritualize it, you know, make it like a little bit of a, not a ceremony, but like make it something that gets you ready for bed. It's a string of activities. So for me, for example, this looks like cleansing my face. I love showering because the steam and the warmth kind of just relaxes my body. Putting on my pajamas, sometimes reading, if I feel like I'm in bed, but not tired, that's one I like to do because it gets me a bit sleepy and brushing my teeth, of course. So just think about the things that you naturally do, right? Before you go to bed. Can you package them into a little bit of a ritualized sequence? And start like just being intentional and thinking of that as your bedtime routine so that your body starts to recognize that as you know the precursor to rest. And, and maybe you wanna jot in some different activities. So I mean, I'm gonna talk about these later on in, in the points. But I know some people like to put on some music or a podcast, um, which which is interesting to me because I don't fall asleep listening to anything. But I know like white noise, especially as well, things like that, that can help you fall asleep. Maybe that can form a part of your routine as well. So what I would suggest here is think about the things that you already do that you probably have to do from a hygiene point of view or just like getting ready for bed. And then anything else you can do on top that you feel would prime you for rest maybe it's switching on your diffuser for 10 minutes maybe it's lighting a candle it can just be something small but to you it's just a signal that like i'm now ready to rest that's a really like nice way to segue into going to bed the third one i'm definitely guilty of this but it's not hydrating a lot too much before bed I don't know if you guys listen to uh, the Huberman podcast, Andrew Huberman's podcast. It's all about the brain and neuroscience. And I remember him saying once that instead of gulping, like having big mouthfuls of water as you're going to bed, if you just sip it really slowly, it'll stop you like needing to go to the bathroom because there is nothing worse than feeling really, really tired. And then that feeling of you needing to go to the bathroom. For me, it's all over. If I If I feel like I need to pee, I have to get up and it just ruins me feeling relaxed. So just being mindful of, you know, being hydrated throughout the day. So you're not rush hydrating before you go to bed. And if you are drinking like a tea or something like that, just sipping on it slowly to avoid having to then get up once you're already in bed, something small, but I think, you know, it makes a difference. If you're really like wanting to maximize when you go to bed and staying in bed Four. this is a game changer for me. And as someone who I feel like I get decision fatigue or I like to reserve my decision making for later, right? Like decision fatigue is when you have to make too many decisions that you kind of burn out by the end of the day. You just don't wanna make your mind up about anything. So the way to reverse engineer this is to kind of have things already predetermined for you. A way I do this the night before is laying out my clothes that I'm gonna wear the next day already out on my bed or in the living room, wherever I'm gonna get changed. The night before so I don't have to wake up and think about what I'm going to wear if you're someone as well who's feeling like a little bit unmotivated or you feel like you're not going for the walk you said you were going to go for getting up and going to pilates by laying out your clothes the night before it's almost like the sequence is laid out for you just get up and go but doing that before you go to bed is also a nice way to just mentally check off you know I'm doing that tomorrow and just discharge from the next day and focus and kind of hone in on your sleep that night. But if you're especially like commuting and you need to bring like a bag with a lot of stuff, rushing and doing that in the morning for me personally is just stress if I can do that slowly as I'm unwinding the night before you know it doesn't feel like as much of a burden and then it's just easy the next day I don't know for me creates just like this mental ease and it's just so much nicer going to sleep knowing that that's kind of ready to go for the next day so laying out your clothes or your bag or whatever you need to be prepared for the next day is something I like to do as a part of my bedtime routine number five has to do with light exposure. So I mean, traditionally when we were cavemen and women, we would go to sleep as the sunset, you know, when the moon comes out and then we would wake up with the sun. Now we stay up well past sunset, we have lights on in our house. We're probably, you know, watching TV on our laptops, on our phones, but all that light, for me personally, anyway, the way I see it is it's kind of emulating daytime. There is nothing about having a bright screen in front of your eyes that says, go to sleep. So a massive rule I have, is real, and I'm really trying to stick to it, is no tech at least an hour before bed, or at least having the brightness all the way down if I need to be on my phone. Because I don't wanna be doing anything that's triggering like awakeness in my mind. If you're somebody who can't fall asleep and goes on your phone, I'd say that's probably the worst thing you can do to get you sleepy because it's literally like reactivating your eyes saying it's awake time. One thing you can also do aside from having you know your boundaries with your tech is think about like the mood lighting in your house. So we've got quite we're renting a place at the moment and the actual ceiling lights are quite harsh. They're like this really white bright light and to have that on at night is just like it's just that it's really harsh and it's not it's not easy on the eyes it doesn't kind of get you relaxed so we've bought a lamp and have a couple candles or just like little lamps that i put on around the house and that's a way to kind of just reflect i don't know i feel like when you have lower dimmed light it almost reflects like a campsite fire which is kind of nice it's like a soft light it's not harsh on the eyes it can almost get you a bit sleepy and like in a really relaxed state So mood lighting for me is a huge one. And being mindful of having that on after the sun goes down and not having anything too bright on in tandem with that timing, I think is really key. So just have a think about the lights in your house. Can you buy yourself a little lamp or some candles to just create the tone of starting to unwind? Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact I actually accidentally then just split up five and six into one point. So five was all about the mood lining. So your actual environment. And then six was about like a tech timeout. So I think they both reflect the same issue of having light after, you know, sundown. But I think they are two separate things you can do. So one is really consider your environment, whether it's your living room, your kitchen, your bedroom, what is the light situation? Can you create a little bit more of a relaxing state? And the second is the phone. The earlier you can detach from that, I think has twofold effect, right? It's not only the visual like blaring light in your eyes, it's also the mental part of it. If you're scrolling and constantly like your attention's being grabbed by all these different apps and notifications, then your mind is running. It's not prepping to unwind. And there's all these temptations with our phone, right? Like you want to check your emails, you want to check your instagram notifications or messages or whatever and you're constantly being stimulated so that for me is a thing that goes in the camp of like wiring and revving my brain up as opposed to winding it down like the complete opposite for me would be like a really nice book that's an easy read that i can just zone into really chill so that's five and six the mood lighting and then the tech timeout number seven is one for people who go to bed with their mind racing This happens for me frequently, actually. And one thing that my fiance actually reminded me to do, and and I, I love that he reminded me of this tip because I forgot about it. It's one of those things, right? Like you have all these tools and techniques, but if you don't actually use them or remember them in moments when you need them, they're kind of useless. So the other day I was like, oh, babe, like my mind is just running. Like I can't, I can't relax. Like I can't turn my head off, can't switch off. And he said, just word vomit. And that's like our key for just jot down everything that's on your head, either on a paper. So I know, I know a lot of people sleep with a journal or notepad near their bed with a pen. You can do this on your phone, but again, be mindful of you know not having the temptation to go into a lot of other apps. Make sure that you're going on just for that and that the brightness is all the way down. But a notepad's good too. And literally what you do is just write all the words in your head. Everything you're stressing about, everything you're thinking about, even if it's gibberish, if it doesn't make sense, if it's just words, if you're just mashing the keyboard or just writing like scribbles, it honestly doesn't matter. The point is to get it out of your head and onto the paper. You're discharging the thoughts from your mind so that you can switch off. And this actually works like it's pretty incredible, but it actually works. Um, I just remembered one more tip with the tech thing, and this is good if you are gonna be one of those people that likes to, you know, word vomit on your phone, use the do not disturb feature. So that's if you swipe down, if you have an iPhone, I don't know a Samsung equivalent, apologies, Android users. But if you have an iPhone, you swipe down the top, you press the little moon, it will block all notifications from your home screen. So if you are in a position where you've been in bed for an hour and you need to word vomit and you like to do it on your phone, At least when you go to look at your phone, you're not distracted by all the notifications. The second you turn it off, the do not disturb, they all pop up. So it's not like you're missing out on anything and you can actually go on your phone and look at things if and when you want. But this is one thing I try and turn off an hour before bed and I don't turn it back on until after I've exercised and meditated. So I have that window of no distraction, but it's also really good if you are gonna be using your phone for that word vomit. So by the time you open it to, you know, do that exercise or utilize that that tool you're not distracted or seeing something that's going to trigger another you know round of thoughts because that's very counterintuitive so make sure you're using the do not disturb feature the last one is if you like to go to sleep listening to something now i know uh, a lot of people like to do this in fact i was reading a paper of some sort i, I can't quote it apologies but It said that 62% of people fall asleep to gentle music, which that's pretty high. That's more than half of you on average listening to music to go to sleep. Obviously, that's like really gentle, calming music, which I thought was really interesting. And I guess if you're someone whose mind races a lot, this could be a really good way to just, you know, kind of get lost in the flow of music. Similarly, the practice of meditation, a guided meditation is a really, really good one. I use the Headspace app and they have 10 to 15 minute uh, night sleep meditations where it, in, it you know, includes a, a body scan and then sometimes it takes you through like a little bit of a recap of the day or they have different ones all the time. You can choose your speaker. I like to do that when I feel like I just need that extra push. Um, interestingly, some of you have told me you listen to this podcast when going to sleep. So I guess I'm going to take that that this is also like a little bit of a relaxing thing for some of you, which is it's kind of cool to to hear about. But I guess it just goes to show that all of us are so different, and what relaxes us is really really different. To to prove the point, actually, my fiance he told me that he used to think about why he could never nap right like during the day but he used to fall asleep like that like in an instant in history class so his reverse engineered thinking of that was when i go to sleep i'm going to put on the most boring in-depth history youtube video i can find because i just zone out and for him that works that puts him to sleep so I mean, there's no judgment. It's whatever works for you. But if you can find something and you need that little bit of an extra kick to go to sleep, and you want to add that onto your bedtime routine, then absolutely go for it. Um, again, need to you need to experiment and find what works for you. But these are kind of the eight things that I've experimented with and know work for a fact. And I guarantee, even if you just choose one of them to start with, it will make a difference and really strengthen your night routine. I mean. Even just thinking about a night routine if you haven't before is an incredible starting place. So let me recap them all for you. Number one is having the same bedtime every night. Number two is to create a bit of a ritual, a set of rituals that you do so your body gets familiar with those as the precursor to sleep. Number three is try not to hydrate too close to bed. I would also add there, which I didn't say before, is being mindful of how close you're eating to bed. There's a lot of research that I won't go into now about your eating windows before bed because obviously our bodies are digesting. And if you're going to bed with like a full belly, you're obviously not digesting because your body is resting. So just be mindful of that as well. Number four is laying out your clothes or bag, whatever you need for the next day. Number five is considering the mood lighting in your space, in your environment, and being mindful of not having bright lights too late going into the evening. Number six is having the tech timeout. So really being mindful of using do not disturb, low brightness on the phone, and just trying not to be on your phone in general to not pull you into distractions as you get close to bed. Number seven is if your mind is running using the word vomit tool, which is either just jotting down all your thoughts on a journal, on a paper, or mashing it out on your keyboard, on your phone to get the thoughts out of your head and discharging them onto a paper. And the last one, number eight, is if you're struggling to fall asleep and you need that additional aid, using something like a gentle soundtrack, music, or a meditation, something that's gonna guide you, get you out of your head, into your body, and prime you for rest. I'd love to know which of the eight you guys are gonna try, resonated with you most, maybe some you already do. So reach out to me on Instagram or drop a comment if you're watching on YouTube. It'd be awesome to see other tools and techniques that you guys use too. These are just the eight that I've found have really worked for me. And I think just setting an intention to have and be mindful of the things you're doing before bed is a massive deal breaker to just get you primed for resting. And having an incredible night's sleep is everything when it comes to energy and waking up ready to take on the day. I mean, I use my Whoop, which I've spoken about before. It's kind of like a a smart watch, but it tracks my sleep, which is what I really like about it. So when I wake up in the morning, I can look at the data and the metrics behind it to see if it matches with how I've actually slept and use it as a mirror. It's quite good actually. I mean, I probably would add that as number nine, like having a device that can track your sleep. Sorry to tack this on at the 11th hour, but it's actually really great having a device that you can track, okay, I've had alcohol tonight and then seeing how that impacts your sleep. Or what else do I track? I track my menstrual cycle, whether I've read before bed, whether I've used my phone, whether I felt stressed that day, whether I've traveled on an airplane, all those things like, and then it spits out a report at the end of the year telling me like kind of what activities are best during the day for my sleep or not, etc. cetera. Um, but that's another really, really great tool. So if you have any device that can track your sleep, whether it's like those aura rings or a watch, I mean, I'll pop my link for Whoop in the show notes below in case anyone wants to try it out for themselves, but it's definitely been a great way to kind of just keep my sleep in check. And just to test when I'm using different things or not, how that actually impacts my sleep. So it's cool to see like when I don't stick to my routine, how I end up having like quite an average sleep versus when I do and then I'm in the green, which is like optimal recovery. So that's something cool if you wanna be a little bit more inquisitive and curious and just really get the stats and data on your sleep. That's something I would strongly recommend. As always guys thank you so much for listening. Uh, If you have the chance to leave us a review or rating it would be absolutely incredible. I love reading and hearing from you all. Don't forget to link up with us on TikTok and Instagram. If you're on YouTube don't forget to press subscribe and like and I guess I'll see you all next week for another guest episode and until then stay balanced.